Hello and welcome to The Plotting Shed. You're listening to Rachel McCarty, founder of plantplots.com and author of the book I Want to Like My Garden. Each week, The Plotting Shed discusses different aspects of garden design, but we focus on things that other books don't really talk about. I hope you enjoy this podcast and do please hit the subscribe now button so you don't miss another episode. Well, hello and welcome to The Plotting Shed. You are listening to Rachel McCartney. It is lovely to speak with you. Well, last week was our first episode back in the new autumn series of The Plotting Shed and I spoke about my garden. I hope you've had a chance to have a look at some of the videos and thank you for the comments. Good, bad and indifferent. Everyone has a different opinion of gardening and everyone's opinion about their garden is correct because if it makes you smile and it it floats your boat and it makes you happy, it doesn't matter what anyone else thinks of your garden. It's there to do something for you and you alone. But all of your comments have been lovely. It's interesting to see what you think. And for all of those of you that loved my garden, thank you very much. Anyway, this week, I promised you I was going to talk about the garden shows because I went to all of the main garden shows in the UK and I wanted to go and visit all of them and then come and talk to you in the autumn series about things and the elements and the styles and the trends and the design elements and all the things that you could take from a show garden so that you can then think about those elements that you might want to put in your garden. So I was very, very fortunate to visit Chelsea on press day, uh, which was lovely because it was a really nice way to go around the garden. Yes, I did see a few famous faces. And yes, I probably walked past a few famous people and had no idea who they were because they were on TV soap stars or something like that. And I didn't have any clue who they were, but it was a lovely day out. I also went to Hampton Court on a very, very hot July afternoon. And I also went up to Tatton Park, which was the first time I'd ever gone up to that show. What did I take out of it? Because you go to these shows in the garden, there's so much. you're overwhelmed almost in terms of visual senses and and you're in awe at some of the designs that people have created and then looking at some other things and thinking oh I'm not quite sure about that and then wondering if you're if if you're just sounding a bit sour grapes because you couldn't do it and they did. Each show is very different in the sense that Chelsea is very much about the horticultural technical prowess of growers and horticulturalists and designers to show their abilities. It's not about necessarily creating gardens, and I'll explain why in a minute. Hampton Court is much more of a a marketplace where you can go and buy lots of different things. You can see lots of different garden styles and you can purchase lots of lovely stuff for your garden as well as plants but the gardens that are created at Hampton Court are less should we say haute couture 
that the Chelsea Gardens are. They're a little bit more realistic and, and achievable. And Tatton Park, the gardens there, is very much a launch pad for up-and-coming designers, people who are trying to make a name for themselves, people who are trying it out for the first time. Some people who aren't necessarily professional gardeners, but they, they're passionate gardeners and they wanted to create gardens. So you have societies and, and groups of people creating small little gardens and each are very, very different. So what were the things, the really strong trends that came from each of these shows? My most overriding impression from all three shows was the volume of, of wildlife that was there. Now, I have been to garden shows for a number of years and I can remember going to shows and walking around and literally thinking, I'm in, a, I'm in the flower marquee here and it's devoid of bees that I can't see anything on the flowers. You're going to some of the rose gardens and there just weren't anything there or dahlias and, and various places. These plants and flowers on display attracted no wildlife. But without a question, every single show garden that I saw at all of these three show gardens was literally teeming with butterflies, with bees, with hoverflies, with moths, with everything. And it just created a whole added dimension because I was watching people who were looking at the gardens. Without fail, everything that caught their attention was, oh, look at that pergola. Oh, look, can you see the bee in there? Look at that. Oh, look, this butterfly. So it wasn't the grandiose nature of what was being built. It was very much on a micro level. You know, I've said for years, gardens shouldn't just look good. They've got to do good because it adds a whole new dimension. Now, the other thing about when you go to show gardens and you see there are very similar plants in lots of different gardens that they're all showcasing the same species of plant. It's not because these are fabulous plants that every garden should have. What you have to understand about the production of a show garden is that all of the flowers have to be brought to their peak of, of flowering and their peak of, of looking beautiful for one short week. Now, the technical expertise that is needed to ensure that the plants achieve the right size, are, have got the right number of buds, have got the right number of buds about to flower for the show, that have produced the right shape of growth, and all of these highly technical skills are not things that average horticulturalists and nurseries can do. It's a specialised task. And so there are two or three big nurseries who are expert at producing show-level plants. When the designers go to look to create their show gardens, they will go to these expert growers because they need that expertise in order to, to produce the garden. And not every nursery can have 
every single plant. So they will grow specific species because they know that they can get these ready. So this is why you see similar plants in different show gardens. It's just simply what is available. And the designer has to know that those plants are going to be at their peak. They need to rely on the expertise of these, of these growers and nurseries to deliver. But there were some colour combinations, I have to say, that were really, really nice this year. Orange was one of the main colours in every single show garden this year. And do you know why? Because it just made you smile. They were nice colours to have. Orange is a fabulous colour to put in your garden because it's a great contrasting colour. It contrasts fabulously with dark purple. It contrasts fabulously with dark green. It goes well with blues. You can combine it with yellows and, and some reds to give you a really nice warm texture. You can add it to even sort of acidy colour yellows and greens. It will show up. The thing is you don't want to have loads of orange, but orange is a really good accessory colour. And it was then teamed up a lot with this really, really deep amethyst purple coloured poppies and really deep royal purple coloured salvias, this amistad, which was all over all of the show gardens because it was such a great contrasting colour. Do consider orange because you were walking around and you could hear people say, I never would have put orange in my garden, but that's really pretty. Step out a bit next year then and have a look and think about if just a flash and a pop of something that's really different colour can really lift a garden. It just makes it different because people notice it. So orange was very good. Orange is the new black. I know it's a phrase that's been used in lots of different things, but very, very definitely orange was, was really, really good. There were two other really, really big aspects from all of the show gardens, and they're all trying to do things for the right reasons. The, the area of recycling and sustainability to demonstrate that gardening is moving away from this regimented style of everything has to be perfectly shaped, perfect this, and everything is, is micromanaged. So every single garden and every stand was buying into this because it's what we've got to do. Let's face it, we all have to rethink how we're doing things. In terms of the Chelsea Gardens, there were two very distinct styles. Now the winner of the People's Choice was the only garden that really looks like a garden. It was the perennial garden, which is the, and perennial is the horticultural charity. And it was beautiful. It was lovely. It was very ordered. It had lots of beautiful white flowers and green, and it was, it was a lovely garden to look at. And it was very different from most of the others in that it was beautiful, but it wasn't naturalistic. Now, all of the other show gardens pretty much reflected a landscape. They took a bit of nature and plonked it into a garden environment and then added maybe a large structure or pergolas. Or, but in essence, a lot of them just took a landscape and put that into a space. Now, personally, I don't think that works. 
and I don't think it's practical and I don't think it's something that we in terms of everyday gardens can copy because having hawthorn in your back garden is not nice you do not want to be walking down a small path in a small back garden and having hawthorn to avoid you don't want nettles you don't want this naturalistic level of plant and i think some of the show gardens went too far down one route and they tried to show you a landscape and put it in a small space Yes, their, their attention to detail is lovely. Yes, there were some nice design features, but I just don't think it works. And I don't think that's something to aspire to. However, there is a difference between naturalistic planting and naturalized planting, which is something I said last week I would explain. Naturalistic planting is literally, in my opinion, lifting what you see in a woodland and just transporting everything about that into a small space and hoping it works. Naturalised planting is having the plants in your garden that you like, that you love, but allowing them to grow in their natural shapes and natural forms in the sense that we are not pruning the living daylights out of them, creating an artificial shapes. And I think if you want to make your garden better for wildlife, better for all sorts of reasons, don't think naturalistic, think naturalised. Because it just means that you don't have to garden so much you only prune things if things are in the way you allow plants to grow as they would normally grow doesn't mean that you can't have some plants in the garden that you do create a, a specific shape for or that you prune in a certain way but not everything allow some other things to grow and then you will find that you get the the branches of plants of shrubs becoming a feature in themselves and this was another part that you saw in all of the show gardens was that you didn't have single trees. What they used were multi-stemmed trees. In a small space, you had one tree or shrub that you had allowed to grow like a tree. So it had clear branches at the bottom and it had a canopy at the top. But instead of one stem, you had five or six stems. Now, you might go, oh yeah, but that takes up a lot of space. Well, it takes up a little bit of space, but it's much better to have something looking like that than something that is a giant green hedge trimmer, strimmer pruned shrub that is just a big green dome. There's no light that gets through. There's no definition. It's just this spherical shape that sits in your garden. So I think you can change your garden style from being manicured to being naturalized by having the branches it gives birds places to to perch it it allows more light into the garden which means that you can get an underplanting as opposed to a great big domey shrub and nothing else being able to grow underneath it or around it so if you think how nature does it you can change the way that you allow plants to grow in the garden so I think that's the trend to take from 
the show gardens, not this let's just have every sort of wild weed and bring it into the garden because they're wild flowers and they've got to be better. It doesn't work in a, in a, in a small urban garden, it, doesn't work, it wouldn't work in my back garden, it won't work in your back garden. The second element that was prevalent in all the shows was this focus on sustainability and recycling. And there were lots of objects and items that were recycled and upcycled and repurposed and reused. Some of them were very, very good. Some of them looked really, really nice. I'll put some photographs of my favourite ones on the blog and I'll put a link on the show notes so you can have a look. There were things that I really, really enjoyed, things that made me smile, things that were very quirky. And people were using wood a lot to repurpose building materials, to make raised planting areas, having pallets and converting them to vertical planting systems, all really useful and really good. But I would just caveat all of that with the aesthetic as well. If you're going to upcycle and recycle things, they still have to be fit for the purpose that you're going to use them for. For example, there was one at Chelsea, there was this one small garden, I'll put a picture on, and it's they had used all of the offcuts of the timber that all the other show gardens discarded at Chelsea in order to create a corner courtyard wall. And basically what you had was this beautiful mosaic of different cuts of wood that were, base, that were attached to the wall. It produced a beautiful backdrop to a little small courtyard area. Really, really good use of upcycled materials that were going to be thrown away. Yes, it was eclectic, but it was interesting. It was textural. There were slightly different colours. It was just done really, really well. But then on the wall, they had added discarded tins uh, that they got plants in. It looks very retro chic, I suppose, for want of a better word. But the reality is a plant is not going to grow in a tin can really, really well. It certainly won't survive over the winter and it's really hard to keep it well watered in the summer. If you think about it, you're putting a plant in a metal container with a thin metal skin around it. That metal skin is going to heat up and cool down far, far, far more than wood would do or because of its thermal properties. You're just going to cook or freeze the roots because roots, as we all know, the roots will naturally grow around the edges of the pot or the receptacle that they're in. So those roots are going to literally be sitting next to a piece of metal that is either going to be too hot or too cold. If you are going to repurpose, upcycle and reuse, fabulous, great, but you've got to think about the purpose. Is it fit for the purpose? Will it deliver what I need to? Otherwise, you're just kind of doing it for the sake of it. I mean, there were some uh, shopping baskets that people had lined with, you know, moss to create baskets on the ground that they'd put some herbs and things in. 
and you kind of go yeah I get the point I, I see that you're you don't want the shopping basket it might have been something you saw discarded away but I really just it was recycling for the sake of not throwing something away rather than creating something that would be useful in the garden as well one of my favorite things and I just have to say this because this guy was brilliant because I got to Chelsea at about seven in the morning so that it wouldn't be too busy and I could literally zoom around and take some photographs before there were lots of people and one of the balcony gardens was created by a guy called Jason Williams who's known as the Cirrus Gardener and I just thought he was utterly brilliant he put a big smile on my face as soon as I got to Chelsea because his little balcony garden and this is a guy who started a garden in lockdown and he lives on about the 20th floor of a tower block in Manchester I believe and so he created this oasis of fun flowers and 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 learnt to grow during lockdown and then he he's then done a garden at Chelsea literally two years later I mean I commend his his bravery but it was wonderful because he brought the right attitude when I turned up there's his balcony garden just it's just flowers I mean it's it's something that's designed to make you feel happy it was by no means a a low maintenance garden this is for somebody who could step out and lose himself in a world of petals and flowers and plants the watering would have been intense the feeding would have been intense but he's a passionate gardener and that's great but you know what when I got there at seven in the morning there he was having a cup of coffee sitting on a chair in his balcony garden with his dressing gown on and a shower cap and some fluffy slippers before he changed into his his um, attire for when the Queen would turn up later on that afternoon and I just thought it was brilliant because that is what gardens are supposed to be. They're supposed to be a place that you can just enjoy yourself and let go and the fact that he he could sit there with everyone around him at seven in the morning with his shower cap on and his and his dressing gown on with his pajama bottoms and his his fluffy slippers on was just wonderful and i thought horticulture needs gardeners like him because it's very real it's 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 he was delivering and showcasing what gardens do for him which is to make him feel happy but on the whole, going to the show gardens, it was, it's a lovely, uplifting experience. I'm going to talk about the trends next week in just in a bit more detail. So things that you can really hone in on. And I'll put some more pictures of the show gardens on the website for next week with relating to the things that I think you really need to look at. But in the meantime, thank you for listening. I will speak to you next week and have a lovely week. Bye for now. Well, thank you for listening. You have been listening to Rachel McCartane of The Plotting Shed. If you've got any questions about this podcast, please email me, rachel at plantplots.com, or you visit the website with loads of different information on garden design and gardening advice, along with planting plans that you can download. You can look at the designs that we've created. 
so do take a look and please do hit the subscribe now button so you don't miss another episode. You can also donate if you go onto the website plantplots.com. There's a little button there saying you can buy me a coffee. So all donations will be hugely appreciated. Thank you very much. Enjoy your week. Enjoy your garden. Take care and stay well.